Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our uh, Monday edition for the second week of the second round of the NBA playoffs. Today's date, May 8th of 2023. Uh, First of all, I'm your host, Karsten. Welcome back to the podcast or welcome to the podcast if you're new, um, both new and, um, you know, previous listeners alike. We welcome, uh, welcome you either way and appreciate your support on the podcast. Uh, for this one, we've got a lot of action to cover, um, especially based off of what uh, what we've had tonight. Um, anyways, in total, we've got six games to cover Saturday through Monday's action. Of course, that you know Monday today. Um, we've got a couple of news items. We'll give you some previews for the uh, upcoming week of basketball, which should see the conclusion of. Uh, most of the second round series were close to the the end of some series, and we're going to be um, beginning to prepare for the conference finals. Uh, we'll also check in on our brackets. <clears throat> excuse me, our host prediction brackets to see how we fare, and uh, we'll go from that point in the show. So, so that's the plan. Let's go ahead and get started with our games. Um, and as we've done before, we'll kind of do this in a big, uh, we'll lump series together. We'll start with the Heat Knicks series. That seems like the best place to start. Um, and the last couple of games, series was tied one to one going into Saturday, and Miami has controlled both games. Um, not runaways, you know, especially game four, Knicks uh, were close, um, but Miami's taking care of business at home. And they now hold a 3-1 series lead in this one. Uh, you look at game three, it was almost a 20-point victory. Um, pretty substantial for, for Miami. New York not really able to, to get things going there. Um, and Miami kind of ran away with it. For the Knicks in that game three, their leading scorer was Jalen Brunson, 20 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds. He has been steady and impressive for them in the playoffs for the most part. 0 for 5 from 3, but still not a bad game all round. Uh, 15 points, 12 rebounds for Josh Hart, who they continue to have starting um, in an effort, I imagine, to strengthen their defensive identity um, against, you know, Butler and and the Heat in general. 14 points for RJ Barrett, 10 points, 14 rebounds for Julius Randle, 12 off the bench for Emmanuel Quickly. You look at the Heat, though, 28 from Jimmy Butler. Uh, he returned in this game after missing game two with that ankle injury. Seems that that's not going to slow him down too much, or at least not enough to really um, be in the Knicks' favor. Um, yeah, 28 points, four rebounds, three assists, two blocks, 19 points for Max Struess, 17 points, 12 rebounds for Bam Adebayo, uh, 14 off the bench for Kyle Lowry, and uh, a lot of other you know small points here and there from Heat players to be able to build that nice of a lead in game three. You jump to game four, again, closer game. Um, Knicks actually held a brief lead a few times early in the first quarter or late in the first quarter, rather. Um, You know, Heat rebuilt the lead. Knicks kept it close throughout. They made a push, but the Heat were still able to control this game and get the victory. In this game, stronger efforts from the Knicks' big three. Jalen Brunson with 32 points, 11 assists, and four rebounds. Uh, 24 points for R.J. Barrett, four rebounds, three assists, a a steal. 20 points, nine rebounds for Julius Randle with three assists as well. 
Um, not a ton of scoring outside of those that that big three for the Heat. Rather, Jimmy Butler, twenty seven points, ten assists, six rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. Even better in Game Four than he was in Game Three. Bam Adebayo, twenty three points, thirteen rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Sixteen points for Max Struess with uh, six rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. Off the bench, Kyle Lowry with fifteen points, five rebounds, four assists. And Caleb Martin, 10 points, five rebounds, two assists. Um, just a better all-around game for Miami, you know. And um, <clears throat> Butler and Adebayo, the stars doing their thing. Um, but those key role players stepping up and filling that, you know, additional scoring load where the Knicks, outside of their big three, they just did not have enough additional scoring. I mean, Quentin Grimes was nine points. He started that game instead of Josh Hart. They made that change. Um back to what they had done during the regular season, maybe help them keep that game closer as far as maybe that's going to be the better lineup in the series. But again, the Knicks now find themselves down three to one. They are going back to New York. They have the home court advantage still. If they can stretch this game to seven game or this series to seven games, rather two of the next three would be in New York and game five is in New York. So the Knicks have that, you know, that um, factor in their push to try and still win the series. But again, a three, one lead Miami has almost, they've all but guaranteed their victory. We've seen that deficit be overcome in recent years. So we certainly cannot say anything definitive, but it's a very uphill battle for New York, even with a home court advantage. Um, And uh, yeah, Butler back, he's not going to be slowed down. Even without Hero and Oladipo, two of the biggest bench pieces for Miami, um, it just doesn't matter. It seems like they have that well-rounded squad. You know, the regular season was just about inconsistencies, whatever that case may be. You know, they didn't, they had not acquired Kevin Love at that point. They were looking for that piece to solidify their starting lineup, whatever it is they've got the Knicks on the ropes and they have a chance to move on to the conference finals with one last win. And they have three chances to get that win. So dire straits for New York, great situation for Miami. They have a chance to move to the conference finals as an eighth seed. And I'm willing to bet that's the first time that's happened since, um, interestingly enough, the 99 Knicks, and again, I'm not sure exactly, but the other eight seeds after that that I can think of would be the uh, the 07 Warriors. They lost in the second round to the Jazz. The 2012 Grizzlies, who I think would have lost in that second round, because um, I believe that 2012 Conference Finals was <clears throat> Lakers and Thunder. And then 2013, the Sixers um, that beat the Bulls, they lost i believe in the second round to the celtics yeah because Celt- 2013 conference finals was celtics heat so this if they go to the conference finals that would be the first team and eight seed to go to the conference finals since the 99 knicks that made it to the nba finals so that would be certainly a story and they've got a great chance to make that story happen otherwise that's those two games in your heat knicks series Let's um let's actually jump to Sunday's games. I want to leave that other series 
for last. We're going to talk game four in Philadelphia between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics. The Sixers down 2-1 going into this game. This game goes to overtime, and the Sixers win it by 1.116-115. Clutch shot from James Harden. The Sixers tie the series going back to Boston, and we have ourselves, we already did, but especially so now, we have ourselves a series. Super exciting action. James Harden really stepping up, um, especially with some people. He's had a lot of, you know, derision, it seems, the last few years, and even in the MVP years. You know, people not sure about his ability to get it done in a playoff situation, and especially the last couple of years as he passed his prime, can he be a true star, you know, on a, on a contender? Is he that star level player anymore? And he has really risen to the occasion despite one, you know, an off game. I believe it was game two had a rough game. You know, he's, he's had a great series so far. Um, and again, a clutch shot in this one for the Celtics in this game, Jason Tatum with 24 points, 18 rebounds, six assists, four blocks and a steal monster effort and still not the greatest shooting night from three, one of six, but still overcoming that to get those points and doing a lot of other things to contribute. That's what I love to see from Tatum. He has really been, you know, playing better and more consistently it seems over the last few games. Jalen Brown was 23 points, five assists, three rebounds, uh, 21 points for Marcus smart with seven assists and three rebounds. 19 off the bench for Malcolm Brogdon, six-man extraordinaire with eight rebounds and two assists. Ten points, seven boards, five blocks, two steals, and four assists for Al Horford. Grabbing a bit of everything there. 12 points and two rebounds for Derek White. Not a bad all-round game for the Celtics. And again, they had a chance to win this game, but for the Sixers, James Harden had a monster game stepping up alongside the league's MVP, Joel Embiid. Uh, but Harden first, 42 points, nine assists, eight rebounds, four steals and a block, and nearly 70% from the floor, six of nine from three, made all four of his free throw attempts. He he got those points, not even many of them at the line, and that's what people know him for. That's one of the best, that's got to be one of his best playoff games easily of his career. And again, to be able to get the win in a clutch situation, kudos to James Harden still showing you that he is one of this generation's great players, truly. And, you know, in the 2010s, you know, if you were to take any every player of the 2010s, you know, he starts on that team, I, I think, you know, and he's a phenomenal guard, scoring assists, the size, um, you know, he does a lot of great things, so... Kudos to James Harden. Joel Embiid right behind, as you'd expect, 34 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, a steal, um, and pretty solid game despite 0 of 3 from three-point range. And just a clarification, when I say Joel Embiid right behind, as you'd expect, I just mean, you know, that that type of stat line, as you'd expect. Normally, the dynamic is reversed, and Harden is the supporting character for Embiid. But um, when Embiid can have a game like this from Harden, where Harden takes the reins and he can be the supporting guy and still be playing at that MVP level. That's huge. Um, outside of those two, you know, the Sixers were able to capitalize on those two, just having stellar games 
and some okay-ish games from the other guys. 14 points for Tyrese Maxey, eight rebounds, two steals, a block, good defense for him. Nine each for George Niang, Tobias Harris. Harris also with seven rebounds. Um, They only went seven deep, or eight deep, excuse me. Eight men deep, and only a few guys in double figures, Embiid and Harden having such monstrous games that they were able to overshadow that. Um, If the Sixers can extend that bench a little bit more, get a touch more balanced production, then, you know, they were my pick to win this series. I'd kind of like to see them win the series, despite me also liking the Celtics. The Celtics have had more sustained, deeper playoff rounds, playoff victories, it seems, in recent years compared to the Sixers. I'd like to see it kind of be the Sixers' turn, get to a conference finals. Joel, you know, he finally gets an MVP. Maybe he finally gets that deeper playoff success. But, um, yeah, good win for them. Tied 2-2, two to two, they now go into Boston for Game 5, and that'll be a great one to watch out for. Um, next, let's talk uh, the latest in this I mean, all of these playoff series are exciting. This Suns Nuggets series going into game four, the Suns had done a great job in game three to, to get their first series win of the series. They were, they cut the the deficit uh, two games to one at that point. So coming into game four, Suns down two to one against the Nuggets, looking to get that game four home court victory to tie up the series going back to Denver. And they did that great team response and they overcame some great play from Denver. Uh, The Suns win it at home 129 to 124, tie up the series two to two, and uh, they put themselves in good position to be right back in the series. Essentially a, a new series, Denver with you know two of the next three but Suns still in a better position to try and win this series rather than being down two games back and forth game 16 lead changes throughout um no team leading by more than 10 points in this game and that 10 point lead was held by the Suns midway through the fourth quarter as they went on a run to you know kind of claim the the late lead build enough of a lead to uh, hold on to it towards the end as the Nuggets still made a push and to get the the victory in this game for for the Nuggets. Again, the Suns played a great team game and they had to to overcome this game from the Nuggets and their star, their stars, but really their main star in particular, the two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic. Let me give you the stat line. 53 points, 11 assists, four rebounds and a block. He did have six turnovers, Assist to, tur- assist to turnover ratio still just okay-ish, but, you know, 53 points. He was 20 of 30 from the floor for about 67%. 2 of 4 from 3, 11 of 13 from the free throw line. He's been known, of course, as he gives you a consistent 25, 26 points a game, along with the best playmaking we've seen from a center, a true center, and you know, solid rebounding and okay defense, you know, hit or miss defense, but to, to get those 11 assists and rack up 53 points in a playoff game like this, a chance where you're trying to get up three, one, you know, stellar game. And it shows you why he had every chance to be a a 
a three-peat MVP winner. Monster game. Jamal Murray, great game alongside him. 28 points, seven assists, five rebounds. Um, pretty good shooting, especially coming after some some tough shooting nights the, the previous game or two. Um, all the other starters in double figures, 11 each for Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon. Porter Jr. also with 10 rebounds, four assists, a steal on a block. Gordon with six rebounds and three assists. And then Contavious Caldwell-Pope, 10 points, one rebound, one assist, one steal. Um, handful of points off the bench from you know Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, all those guys. But then you look at the Suns. Booker and Durant continue to be stellar, 36 each uh, for those two players. Durant with 11 rebounds, six assists, two steals, a block. Booker with 12 assists, six rebounds, and a steal. Both with five turnovers, but, you know, they're, it was a tough game. Both teams, you know, fighting hard. I would proffer to bet both teams had higher turnover numbers. I mean, Jokic had six turnovers, so... Um, for those guys to have higher turnovers, it was just kind of indicative of that game. Um, but the key difference here, Durant and Booker with those points, but they got some nice bench points. Finally, Landry Shamit, 19 points off the bench, six of nine from the floor, five of eight from three steps up, steps up to give them the supporting, uh, scoring that they've really been lacking, especially with Deandre eight and eight points, eight rebounds. Um, Chris Paul not playing Cameron Payne starting instead five points for him. Okogi with four points that starting small forward with Durant at the power forward. They just need that scoring and Landry Shamit got the memo. He steps up without his scoring. The Nuggets lead this series three to one. And so credit to Shamit, of course, continual credit to Booker and Durant. They've been shining throughout the series. Um, but again, you know, Shamit gets the memo, but the rest of the Suns still need to to step up. They need to get more scoring, more balanced scoring to be able to realistically win this series. And that's kind of the my take on that one. But again, <clears throat> props to them. And let's pause on something for Devin Booker. This is a stat from ESPN's Tim McMahon. Nobody has ever scored more than 300 points with a 70% true shooting percentage in their first collective nine games of a postseason until Devin Booker. So that's a little bit of, you know, sports writers are great at finding really particular stats to showcase how great a player is. And that you might have a bit of a gripe there, but that's still that kind of, you know, generally being able to, to get that amount of points with the efficiency in such an immediate start, you know, consecutive games in a playoffs Booker really has shown that he's wanting to, he wants to get back to the finals, you know, that, that, uh, 2021 finals run was no fluke. He's out to show that he is one of the league's best players, bar none, not just league's best scorers or, you know, one of the closer things our modern NBA has to a Kobe Bryant esque player offensively, you know, he doesn't want to be shoehorned into that category and we've seen the continual points, you know, you expect that it's when he has, you know, 12 assist nights or he has nights consecutive nights of multiple steals and blocks, you know, he's really in a groove. He's locked in. 
he's shown that the dynamic of this Suns team with the Durant blockbuster trade is Durant's the supporting star. Booker is the the heart and soul of the Suns squad. You know, Chris Paul's the veteran tertiary guy. And credit to him. You know, Booker is phenomenal. He's got to be top 10 players in our league. Full stop, you know, and we'll we'll leave it at that. Game five will be in Denver. Uh, I believe that will be tomorrow. But again, we'll have, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll have game previews for you. Uh, so you'll know exactly what the schedule is. Uh, and with that, let's jump into the, the last series we're going to talk about. This one was, uh, on Saturday and this last game was one I was able to watch, uh, just about three quarters of, and, um, what, what a couple of games, what a series started with game three, a series moving back to Los Angeles. It's Lakers warriors, the Los Angeles Lakers win game three after the series was tied one to one. They split those games in San Francisco. Um, in game three, the Lakers come out with a huge game three win, 127 to 97 in Los Angeles to take that 2-1 series lead close throughout the first half. Lakers go on a huge run in the second half um, and put that game away early. Kudos to the Lakers for that one. For the Warriors in that game, Steph Curry, 23 points, four rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block. You know, good all-round game, decent shooting percentages. Clay Thompson with 15 points, seven rebounds, a steal, a block, not great percentages on the game. Andrew Wiggins with 16 points, nine rebounds, good percentages. Those were the double-figure scores, along with Jonathan Kaminga, 10 points off the bench, nine minutes. Um, probably a lot of those coming in that second half, again, where the Lakers really ran away with it. Um, both teams going very deep. You know, they played basically their whole bench. Um because the game was kind of early over earlier, I suppose, it, it, you know, that's safe to say. Um, so yeah, the Lakers really stepped up and responded. Well, Anthony Davis, 25 points, 13 rebounds, three assists. But then on top of that, four blocks and three steals, he was everywhere. The deflections, the, um, you know, scoring in key moments, rebounding, the pure defensive numbers of the blocks, the steals, all of those type of things. Huge game. LeBron, great supporting game. 21 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. Uh, 21 points, five assists, three rebounds for D'Angelo Russell. Uh, and then 10 points, two rebounds, two assists, two steals for Austin Reeves. That's your starters. And then off the bench, you had 12 points each from Dennis Schroeder and Alani Walker the fourth. Uh, Walker also with four rebounds, two steals and a block and Walker. Again, a lot of those minutes kind of coming after the Lakers had built that lead. Um, so those points might've seemed kind of in- inconsequential um, sort of that window dressing piece. But I mentioned that because that segues us perfectly into tonight's game. The most recent game we're talking about, this was just, this just finished up about an hour ago uh, within the hour. The Lakers win game four down to the wire, back and forth game. They win it 104 to 101 to take the 3 1 series lead. Dominant position for the Lakers. You know, LeBron 
Anthony Davis and company must feel ecstatic about it, but no one is more pumped than Lonnie Walker the fourth. And we'll get into the specifics in just a moment. 14 lead changes throughout. At one point, the Warriors led by about 12 points. It looked like the game could be getting away from the Lakers, but they kept it close. And in the fourth quarter, especially Lonnie Walker stepped up. Firstly, looking at the scores for the Warriors, Steph Curry was phenomenal. His third playoff triple-double, 31 points, 14 assists, 10 rebounds with three steals. And he he didn't have that great of a shooting night. I mean, he was 21% from three-point range, three of 14, 40% from the floor altogether. Um, But he found a way to contribute, you know, found a way to still get it done with the rebounds, the assists, and then the scoring was still able to come later. Um, 17 points for Andrew Wiggins, who continues to be – an underrated part of this warrior squad, four rebounds, two steals. They got 15 points from Gary Payton, the second who they started along with Wiggins, Thompson and Curry going ultra small. That's the way that the warriors are trying to adjust to what the Lakers are doing in this series, the size advantage and things like that. So yeah, Gary Payton, the second 15 points, um, 10 rebounds, seven assists for Draymond green, you know, he's still doing his thing, a steal, a block. And then key contributions off the bench from DiVincenzo and Moses Moody. Uh, DiVincenzo with 10 points, Moody with seven points, uh, a couple steals, a block. Uh, You know, big contributions from all those guys. Uh, Poole not playing as many minutes. They were, they have really been adapting to what the Lakers are trying to do, but the Lakers have responded in turn. And again, they did it in this game. Uh, LeBron led them in scoring 27 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Uh, for Anthony Davis, 23 points, 15 rebounds, two assists, three steals. Um, Austin Reeves, 21 points, four assists, great clutch baskets at the end. Uh, 10 points off the bench for Dennis Schroeder. And then Lonnie Walker, the fourth. I've mentioned it already a couple of times. All of his points coming in the fourth quarter, 15 points. Three rebounds, two assists, and two steals. And, um, you know, they talked about the fact that um, LeBron mentioned that they had said to Lonnie Walker, be ready. You know, there's going to be a time where we're going to need you. He had been a consistent um, contributor during the regular season, but hadn't been seeing as much turn in the playoffs. And they liked what they saw in that you know, end of game, the previous game when the lead was already kind of secured, they give him chance here. And especially, you know, I think it was, uh, you know, Charles Barkley, there was the inside the NBA crew in general that was kind of talking about this just shortly after the game, you know, the Warriors lineup that they came out with, with essentially three guards and, and two forwards and going ultra small kind of, that in indirect statement to the Lakers that they want to just run. They want to go small. They, they feel like they have the, the athleticism advantage if they don't have the size advantage. Um, and the Lakers turning to a, a younger guard, uh, a longer guard who's athletic. And he was able to make that difference for the Lakers. And so huge game for Lonnie Walker. Um, it's, um, not not Ryan Anderson 
Oh, he was doing the play-by-play for the game for TNT. I apologize for forgetting his name, but he um, at one point exclaimed the Lonnie Walker game, you know, and he said that, and this is probably if this, if the Lakers go on to win this series, then that probably is remembered as the Lonnie Walker game. And what a cool thing to be able to hang your hat on, um, especially as a guy who's been, you know, kind of, an interesting NBA career so far. He's not ultra old. He was a, you know, a first round pick for the Spurs Um, has not really broken out, has seen his role diminish at times, you know, moving to a brand new team. The Lakers has had highs and lows there as well. And so to be able to have such a, a huge impact in such a pivotal playoff game at home, get that home court atmosphere, get that crowd going, for the Lakers, I mean that's that's phenomenal, and so that alone, that's that's going to be great for him to be able to hang his hat on. Great job for him, great job for the Lakers hanging in there, getting this victory, and now again they lead three to one going into Game Five. It's in Golden State, so that'll still be there's it's still a challenge. You know, LeBron said it's going to be an even tougher game. The Warriors are going to be even more desperate to get that victory, and they're at home. So now that's really going to be a game and a challenge for the Lakers. But still, phenomenal job, up 3-1. They're in a great position to try and win that series. Um, And so we'll definitely be watching to see what happens in the rest of the series. Um, But with that, that takes care of our game summaries. Again, a lot of great games from uh, this weekend of action. Let's jump into our key news real quick again, because we've only got a couple of items. Firstly, as part of that game four, that Nuggets Suns game four, um, there was a brief altercation with Nikola Jokic and Matt Ishbia. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. The owner of the Suns, interestingly, interestingly enough, uh, he was sitting, the Suns owner, he was sitting on the, you know, baseline as you expect. Um, Ball comes to him on a loose ball situation. He he grabs it. Players kind of go into the crowd right next to him. He's holding the ball. Jokic comes over very quickly and pretty aggressively tries to get the ball out of his hands. You know, grapples with with Ishbia for a minute and actually gives him a little bit of a left arm. You know, I wouldn't call it a shove. Um, a little kind of nudge out of the way, Ishbia. He almost does that. I mean, we got to remember he was a, a college basketball player at Michigan State, so he's no stranger to the court. He he gets the little nudge from Jokic, and it's almost like he went to his his playing days and his instincts there. He he does a, a hands in the air kind of flop, fall backwards, you know. And um, Jokic was assessed a tech for that. Uh, the news part of it later. Um, Today, so after that game, um, the day after today, we got news that Jokic has been fined $25,000 for that altercation, not suspended. And again, Ishbia came out on Twitter and said, you know, hey, the Suns got the win. That's really the only story there should be as far as an aftermath of this game. Uh, I don't want to see anything happen as far as a, a, a fine, a suspension for Jokic, you know, he, I don't think that that's right. And, you know, it's been a great series so far. You know, that was kind of what he said 
Um, Jokic is fined, but again, not suspended. So that's not going to impact his ability to play in the series and thus directly impact the series itself. So anyway, it's just important to note that. Um, so anyways, next news item, uh, the NBA's r- all rookie teams have been announced for 2023 and there's really not any surprises. I mean, you're all rookie first team unanimous selection, Palo Bancaro, of course, who won your rookie of the year. Then you also have the Utah jazz as Walker Kessler. I'm super excited to see that of course, as a jazz fan myself. Um, then we have Benedict Matherin, Keegan Murray and Jalen Williams. That's L E N Williams from the Oklahoma city thunder. Uh, the other Jalen Williams, um, L I N J A Y L I N Jalen Williams. Uh, he could have been a good candidate too. And I wouldn't have been surprised to see him on the, uh, the all rookie second team, but he didn't quite make it. Instead, your all rookie second team is uh, Jalen Duran of the Pistons, Terry Eason, Jaden Ivy, Jabari Smith jr. And Jeremy Sohan. Uh, so that is your, again, combination, all rookie first team, all rookie second team. Congrats to all those guys. Certainly all of them well-deserving. Um, to name, you know, your close guys, Andrew Nemhart of the, the Pacers, he was only one vote away, um, from, or one point rather, you know, cumulative first team, second team vote points. He was only one point away from being, um, or actually a couple points away from replacing Terry Eason in that, uh, that second team spot close there. Shaden Sharp, another honorable mention, AJ Griffin, Christian Brown of the Nuggets, you know, so a lot of solid rookies, you know, um, rookies that look poised to become, you know, either all-stars or really tr- high, high caliber players at this point. I mean, Bancaro, of course, would be an easy pick. Keegan Murray shows a lot of promise for Sacramento. Matherin is really intriguing for the Pacers. Jalen Williams is interesting as well. Jaden Ivey, though, he had his ups and downs, but his, you know, kind of what we saw, his highs were really high. And his, you know, he's got some potential. All these guys have potential. But anyways, congrats to all those guys, uh, certainly. Then the last one, this is a sad note for the Cleveland Cavaliers organization uh, and the the family there. Uh, So Nick Gilbert, who is the son of Cavaliers owner Dan Gilbert, uh, he passed away this past Saturday, a couple of days ago at the age of 26, not very old at all. Um, If the name sounds familiar and, or you're curious about um, how he fits in with the Cavaliers organization, he was the representative for the Cavaliers at um, the 2011 draft lottery. I think he had been at a few of them. Uh, They actually won that 2011 draft lottery. Um, in which they are in the right to be able to draft Kyrie Irving. And so, you know, he was, of course, as, as a son of a team owner, he was a part of the organization's family in that aspect, but also being a representative for the team. Um, fans appreciated his, his uh, appearance there. Um, a tough situation. He was diagnosed as a child with, neurofibromatosis um or nf1 for short which is um a genetic condition that causes non-cancerous tumors to grow on the brain spinal cord and skin for which there's no cure um 
that is direct from the NBA website as far as the specifics for that uh, that condition. So it, it, that's just tough, you know. I mean, he with that type of a condition, of course, that life expectancy. I'm sure it was, you know, you you know, early on that his life expectancy would not be um, as long as otherwise. So that's a tough loss. Um, you know, condolences with the Cavs organization, with Dan Gilbert and the Gilbert family uh, in particular. Um, tough loss and tough loss for the NBA family, you know, uh, a valuable piece of the NBA family, um, no matter what. So definitely um, condolences to to those, uh, to the Cavs, to the Gilbert family, especially. Um, and that's our, that's our key news for today. Um, with that, let's go ahead and jump into your game previews, what you can expect for the rest of this week. Um, Tuesday through Thursday, these games are all guaranteed to happen. Um, Tuesday, we've got <clears throat> the start of game fives. Um, firstly, on TNT at 730, we have game five of Sixers and Celtics in Boston. Uh, that series tied two to two. And we'll see uh, if the Sixers or the Celtics can get that uh, that game five and put themselves on the brink of winning the series. And then at 10 o'clock on TNT as well, uh, game five of the Suns and the Nuggets, that one also tied two to two. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who, who gets the advantage in that series as well. Um, by the way, all the times that I'm giving for these games are in Eastern Standard Time, so keep that in mind as you plan your schedule around these games. On Wednesday, we have two games as well on TNT, uh, again, and these are game fives, but these are game fives in those two series that have uh, a three-one advantage for one of the teams. At seven thirty, the uh, it, the New York Knicks host the Miami Heat. The Heat, of course, lead the series three to one, so the Heat have a chance to close out that series in Madison Square Garden against the Knicks. Um, and then at ten o'clock, similar story with the Lakers and the Warriors. Lakers with a three-one lead going into San Francisco with a chance to close it out on the road against the Warriors. Uh, both teams with the series lead are the lower seeds and have the um, tougher situation in game five to try and close it out. So that'll be a super intriguing night to watch to see what happens with those game fives. On Thursday, then, we have uh, two games, the continuation of those series that are tied 2-2, two to two, um, and those games will be on ESPN firstly at 7:30. The Philadelphia 76ers will host the Boston Celtics in um potentially a elimination game or a game to force a a, a game seven. And then uh at 10 o'clock, the Phoenix Suns will host the Denver Nuggets for that same type of situation. Um and again, that's something nice about the way they've scheduled these conference uh semifinals, the second round is these kind of similar storylines are lining up um, and it's just kind of happened to work out that way. So that's interesting. So those are your guaranteed games um, Tuesday through Thursday. You'll have two games each night for sure on Friday, depending on what happens with your Knicks and Knicks heat series and Warriors Lakers series. If either of those go to a game six, you would have those on Friday night and they would be on ESPN. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, eye and an ear out. And we will also, of course, update you on Wednesday's 
podcast um, if there's, you know, oh, yes, we are going to have a game six for this series or a game six for this series. It'll be at this time. So we'll certainly let you know. Um, but otherwise, that is the schedule to expect for this week up to this point for the NBA playoffs. And that is our uh, week preview of games. <clears throat> With that, let's just real quick, you know, a couple minutes chat about where our uh, playoff bracket predictions are at. Um, you know, all of us incorrectly picked the Bucks and the Cavs to be that other second round series. So none of our opinions matter on that Heat Knicks series. So we won't even touch on that. Uh, for the Nuggets and the Suns, we all picked the Suns to win that series in six games. Um, so technically, we're all doing all right there as long as the Suns win the next two. But the way this series is playing out, it will most likely be a seven-game series. At least I kind of anticipate it being a seven-game series. Um, but the Nuggets seem to be in a little bit more favorable position to win the series more likely. Um, but again, we'll have to see what happens. As far as the um, Lakers-Warriors series, well, firstly, I did not pick the Warriors to move to the second round. I picked the Kings, um, so I mispicked that. And I picked the Kings to win that series and go to the conference finals, so I'm really off there. Um, but that being said... Um, you know, had the Lakers in there, so that's something. Wyatt did pick Lakers and Warriors. He has the Warriors winning in seven, which is technically possible. So Wyatt could be on track there. Justin had the Grizzlies beating the Lakers in the first round and the Grizzlies beating the Warriors in that second round to move to the conference finals. So Justin definitely isn't going to be right either. But um, yeah, either way, um, that, that series, again, why it is the closest to being correct on that one. None of us really picked it right. The, uh, the other series that's close Celtic Sixers, all of us picked the Celtics and the Sixers to be in that series. And all of us, interestingly enough, picked the Sixers to win it in seven. And again, that one's all, that one is very likely as far as a seven game series. And there's a good chance the Sixers can win it. The same, you know, in the same way that there's a good chance the Celtics win it. It's kind of up in the air as far as that series goes. So um, a couple series where we're all pretty close to being accurate and a couple series where we're all kind of off. Again, Wyatt leads our point total and he's the closest with that Lakers Warriors series. So, um, you know, kudos to him, I guess. But uh, anyways, that's a that's just a quick bracket check in. Um, and it shows kind of how much any of us know as far as when it comes to, um, playoff predictions. But, um, with that, we're, we're pretty much towards the end. So I'll give you our, this day in history fact and get things wrapped up for you. And this one, especially with this legendary player's recent passing, this is a perfect fact for us to share. Um, going back to 1970, May 8th of 1970, the Knicks claimed their first NBA title by defeating the Los Angeles Lakers 113 to 99 in game seven of the NBA finals. New York was led by the inspirational play of injured center Willis Reed, 
who limped onto the court and scored the game's first two baskets, as well as guard Walt Frazier, who led the Knicks with 36 points and 19 assists. Yes, the Willis-Reed game, um, they you know, filled his leg with, with cortisone, and he limped out there. He was being cheered, standing ovation in the warm-ups, hit a couple baskets. The crowd was ecstatic, and from then the game was kind of over. And uh, it was actually Walt Frazier who really led the charge. Willis didn't play much of the game at all. His first burst, though, helped, you know, put that belief in the Knicks that they could win that game and win that series um, going up against West and Chamberlain of the Lakers. So, um, yeah, great one again, especially with Willis Reed having passed just a few months ago. Awesome to be able to remember him in his you know, shining moment and his team's shining moment in NBA history. So, so that's a great fact for today, but um, that takes care of our show for you real quick. Thanks again, everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, If you want to check out our Instagram page, that's crossover across time, all one word, no capital letters on Instagram. We share content from the show as well as doing our best to uh, like and share content from across the NBA. So it's a great place along with the podcast itself to stay up to date on what's going on in the NBA as well as getting as well as to get that historic perspective on uh, the NBA as a whole. Um, So as far as Wednesday's show, again, we'll have a clearer picture as far as what to expect to finish out those series Um, after, you know, Wednesday we'll be summarizing the ends of of game fives for all those series. Um, we'll talk that we'll talk the latest news. Hopefully we'll have Justin on at that point. Um, I think he's just had a little bit of a hectic, hectic schedule, even post, uh, semester. So, um, we'll see what happens, but, um, that's a loose plan for Wednesday. Uh, thanks again for listening. Excuse me. Got a little bit of the burps going on. Thanks again for listening. And we'll be back with you on Wednesday. Wednesday.